Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Come on, Kylie Minogue. Way to start off the morning, Michaela Gordon. Welcome to the Morning Beat. If this is your first time listening to us, you're in for a treat. As alarms go off four seconds into the show, Vanessa. Wow, I'm really trying here. Ring the alarm, honey. I'm really trying. Can we play Beyonce now? Yes. Uh, Kylie Minogue, Love at First Sight. This could be Love at First Sight for you, or Love at First Listen, we'll call it, uh, because we have a fantastic show coming up for you today. This is is one of the most perfect mixes of of who we are as a queer radio station. You're going to say it perfectly right now. We've got now. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, of course, we're going to be covering the State of the Union address. Joe Biden, he talked about Ukraine uh, in a moment of solidarity and bipartisanship. That was really beautiful. We have some audio from that. We also have audio of him talking about the U.S. economy and what you can expect in the months ahead. But then more importantly. More importantly. not talking more, about. Not more importantly than Ukraine. Maybe more importantly than the economy. The, the, the economy. The <laughs> Queerty Awards. Queerty Awards. Bianca Del Rio. Uh-huh. The queens were out last night. They were Never out last been night. Gayer. And and you were one of them. Everybody. I forget how famous Michaela is until I go out in the real world when we're not in a pandemic because we were there last night and I had to convince her to even show up and she does like begrudgingly. She's like, "Fine, I guess I'll go." And every queen on earth was like, "Michaela." And meanwhile, <laughs> my fiance and I are sitting sipping their little cocktails like, "That's Bianca Del Rio." And all of a sudden she storms over to us and we're like shaking and she goes right up to Michaela. I was like, I am so impressed. I was impressed. Honey, make me sound cool. Well, listen, here's the thing. In that, that it's the first time we were at like an award show and also around a, a gaggle of gays in a while, right? And we stand out because we're so tall. We're six three and six five. The only uh, people you guys have, were literally the tallest people well, there. It's us and all the queens. Yeah, but the queens aren't as tall as you. Some of them are with the hair, and the the 12 inches of hair, some of them are. It was so fun. I feel like it was the first time when I sold AJ this job, I was like, babe, it's so fun. A false bill of goods. We go to events. We're going to have the best time ever. We're going to walk red carpets. And we did go to the Queerties together. It was our first event two years ago. Oh, yeah. And then the world shut down. Um, And then the world shut down. And going with you last night, I had so much fun with you. I almost mm. forgot that like we had to work in the morning. We had to go home. I know. Lisa lured me into the car with Taco Bell. She did. I was like, I'm not leaving. She told me, you, we, we kept like inching towards the door. Then we would stop and talk to people. She's like, we're getting Taco Bell. And then you're like, we're getting Taco Bell. And I was like, oh, God, we're getting Taco Bell. <laughs> Listen, I had so much fun. Also, I think this is a very big deal. You looked gorgeous last night. You looked gorgeous. You had an amazing accessory that I'm so proud of you as your best friend. It's about time. Oh, wait, are we talking about this? I can. Let's save it. Okay. Let Okay, let's for save the queer, it for a recap. Queer, yes. Because this is actually a very big deal. And you're 40 years of life. You did something so iconic. I'm the, so proud of you. For the first time in my life, and you might laugh at it, but you might relate to it too. Totally. We're talking about that later on. Uh, right now, how about we do some news on the beats? All right, honey. Well, President Joe Biden showed his support for women in the LGBTQ community during his State of the Union address. Biden said the onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans are simply wrong. For our LGBTQ plus Americans, let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. And I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Not, also, can't overstate how big a deal it is that the President of the United States, a Catholic man who is a very devout Catholic, by the way, says, so that you, our trans people, 
can live up to your God-given God potential. Right. That, I like, like that. That is... That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It's a big deal. 100%. And I, I, I believe every moment of him supporting our community. You might always not always love his decisions, but every single time he talks about our community, he does it with love and adoration. Yeah, he does. And that's what I like about him. Same, same. And he, I mean, he's what? He's almost 80. He's like in his late 70s. Yeah. He's like the old gays we saw last night. Oh, my God. We're going to talk we about them later. See. Yes, they, we are. fierce. Um, okay. Well, the Equality Act, which would ban anti-LGBTQ discrimination nationwide in employment, housing, public accommodations, and more has been passed by the U.S. House of Representatives in two consecutive sessions of Congress. As that chamber has a Democratic majority, however, it has not come to a vote in the Senate. Now let's get into a little bit of weather. Listen, honey, I did a photo shoot yesterday. I was so grateful that you set me up so good for the picnic look. It was so hot. It was the hottest day in L.A. yesterday. I have questions for you. Go off. Because when you posted on your Insta story a little sneak peek behind the scenes of you at your picnic, from what I gather... Had we not gone to my place for a picnic blanket and a picnic basket, your picnic would have involved a bunch of bananas and a baguette. That's <laughs> and pretty, you. It's pretty on brand for or me. On grass somewhere. <laughs> Just saying with my baguette yes. and bananas. <laughs> I was like, girl, I'm glad you stopped by. I know, I'm and so I happened happy. to have a, a brand new unopened picnic basket. Oh my like, who God. Has that? It was like perfect. You asked me, I was like, you're like, do you happen to have a picnic basket? I'm like, you don't even know. I do yeah. actually. Today I thought I was getting a cold sore. He like dug into his medicine backpack and gave me medicine. I've been already. getting cold sores since I was like five or six years old. And so I carry I carry stuff with me. He's a cancer, a nurse. And I my am. best friend. I live for these moments. Okay, it's going to be 91 in La Quinta, 91 in Cathedral City. Oh, it's hot. I want to go. It's going to be 73 in Houston, 91 in Palm Springs, 81 in Vegas, and 82 in LA today. Get outside if you can. It's nice. Mm. And now give us a vibe of the day. At the end of the day, we can endure much more than we think we can. Yes, we can. I love that. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Michaela, are you familiar with the acronym DARVO? No. Okay, so DARVO uh, is an abusive tactic. It's where a partner denies the behavior, attacks the individual during confrontation, and reverses the role of victim and offender. Right? So they deny uh, and they uh, attack the offender. They deny, they attack, they reverse the role the, of the victim and the offender, Darvo. So basically, it's sort of like a gaslighting. So you're, you're you're in a relationship and you do something or whatever. Your partner thinks you do something, and they try to put it on you as if you're this evil person Ugh, when really I've they're the that. ones I've doing done it. That. To I've you. done Darvo. Right. We've Sorry, all Lisa. either done it to somebody or had it done to us. God. Well, now uh, an anonymous woman. This is how serious the story is for her because she's actually posting anonymous on Reddit in the thread once again. Am I the a hole? She says, I wanted to have like a girl's night, as we often do. Yeah. I love a good girl's night. Um, and her husband was like, go go do something fun or whatever, right? She's like, no, I think we're have the girls come over and we're going to stay in tonight and we're going to have a good time. So he leaves the home, right? Well, he doesn't just leave the home. He sets up a recording device oh, before God. he leaves the home because he wants to know what's going on with his wife and the girls. Right. Just for the record, too, uh, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act of 1986 uh, or called the Wiretap Act more more specifically protects individuals from having their private conversations intercepted or recorded. It's completely illegal. You can't record your partner. You can't record anybody without them knowing that it's completely illegal. Well, he got upset by some of the things that he heard. And so she was so upset um, that her friends uh we're like, listen, they're all venting about their lives. You vent about your relationships. You vent about your partner. You vent about your job. That's what you do when you get together with your friends and have a kiki. Didn't turn out so well. How would you feel if you found out that you had some girls over or some gays or whoever, your little group, and Lisa was recording you without you knowing? Well, this is all very problematic <clears throat> because, first of all, he initially was like, no, get a hotel. And she was like, no, why would we spend money on a hotel? They yep. can come here. And then he was like, well, can I join? Yeah. Which... No again. Well, but not only That's can I join. Weird. He says, can I join since I'm allowing this? Yeah, right. As if he's allowing right. her to see her friends. And in her home. So then she was like, no. So then he finally agreed to leave. Uh -huh. So he didn't make the other women feel uncomfortable. 
They start now, crying because, of course, yeah. they're talking about their lives and, and venting. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. It's interesting because Lisa and I have a camera in our house that also has audio because we use it to watch the dogs. Mm. So we have this type of device already in our house. Um, so just to have that as a note. But if she put a recording device to, like, hear me talking, like, I remember one time she went through my phone, and I have nothing to hide, but it was the violation. Like, that's my phone. That's my thing, and don't think it's okay. I was not okay with that. I would never be okay with my partner putting a device into my conversation with my friends, because also... It's that saying, do not look for something you don't want to uh, find. A thousand percent. You're going to hear her venting about you. Yes. Because that's what we and, do. And that will make your relationship healthier more often than not. Totally. If you just allow Get it the to happen. F- advice from your friends. Well, he had a recording device on the side of the TV, and while the girlfriends were all over, they found it, and she called him on speakerphone in front of her friends because they were so upset they felt violated. Of course you would. This is the Darvo part of it, right? He then turns around and says to her, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't care. So why do you care? I would be so livid. First of all, I can't imagine my partner doing well, this. Well, he's then saying he's humiliated that she called him out in front of her friends. Yeah. But it's one... Also, hear this for what it is. It's one thing to do to your wife, mm-hmm. which is already not okay, but to her friends. Mm-hmm. They didn't sign up for that. They don't need to share their business with you. Because on the flip side of this, we do have we have a ring on our front door. If I were to ever, like, have somebody over, like, sneaking behind my partner's back, which I would never do, he would know. The yeah, second right. they walk up to the door, I'm busted. We also have a Furbo camera inside for That's our what dog. That's I'm saying. There's a million. Like, there's so many. He talks to me on three different devices. Yeah. We have a Google speaker. We have an Amazon Alexa in two different rooms. And he, he will talk to me through that sometimes when he's gone at the gym or whatever. And it's adorable, right? But when he was in the hospital last year, he was there for almost a week. And instead of using listening devices to spy on my partner, this is what a healthy relationship does. I'm going to brag for just a moment. Our dog, our puppy, Kingston and I, would get in front of the camera because it, it's a motion sensor. So once there's somebody there, there's there's audio. It'll start to record. And we'd record little messages for him every single day while he was in the hospital because we were home alone missing him. And he was scared in the hospital. And then when he came out, he made a TikTok about him. He put all the videos together and showed like the power of actually voice and, and video recording in your home. So it can be a cute, sweet, thoughtful thing too. But to record somebody illegally, he's totally the a-hole here, 100%. Well, and also not only to his wife, but to her friends. Yes. I mean, imagine those husbands finding out as well, or partners, other wives. But also that could like affect Lisa their relationships. Would, I, if Lisa found out that I went to somebody's house and I had been recorded in my, my private conversation. She'd be at recorded. their front door. She would be at their front door. Like, mm-hmm. it's causing so much more conflict than I think he even realized, which causes so much stress for his wife. I think she should leave him. Absolutely, I think sis. he's controlling, this is not... manipulative, and she needs to get out. I, the sexiest thing my partner has ever done is trusted me. Because it makes me trust him. And it makes our relationship a lot better. Never in a million years would we record each other. Yeah, I might, I might record you. I want to be, recorded. but not because I want to judge you, just because I want to hear the crazy stuff you say. Yeah, I just want to be on TV. Like I'm good. <laughs> Please, you know what? I got this wrong. Record me. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Uh, just a reminder for Red, White, and Q today. We're doing a two-part conversation on the State of the Union. We have some uh, audio from last night's address from President Biden regarding Ukraine, as well as the economy here uh, in the United States. Um, also, we're going to be recapping the Queerties. Uh, they were last night, our first big sort of queer event in a couple of years. It was the last, oh God, it was the last right. award show I went to before the pandemic and the first one I went back to afterwards. It was a fantastic night. We're going to share our experiences. Michaela, listen, she's famous AF. She's just famous AF. Every single person there knew her. And I'm like, honey, introduce me to some people. And she did. Honey, I'm not even going to interrupt you because it makes me feel so cool and good when I've had moments of not feeling cool and good. So thank you so much. Makes me feel good. Also, this next story makes me feel incredible. What is it? Well, I took Jesse Smollett out because I don't care. This story just came up on TMZ and it's what I want you to talk about. The tables have turned on the Tinder swindler. Thank God. Thank God. He was bamboozled himself in an Instagram scam. Now, sources familiar with the situation told TMZ that Simon was hit up last week by a verified female on Instagram. She claimed that she'd help Simon and his girlfriend get verified on the app 
through her boyfriend saying he worked at Meta uh, for Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, so that would make sense. He's like, yeah, that's what we want to do. The alleged swindlers went to great lengths to pull this off. Simon FaceTimed the boyfriend who was in a busy office. Oh my God, appearing like he was at Meadow with employees walking around behind him. Um, and so the fake MetaMate said the only way he could give him the blue check on his profile as well as delete the fake accounts under his name would be to offer up a big chunk of change, $6,664. The payments were sent via PayPal through two separate transactions, one for him, one for his girl, girlfriend. Shortly after, Simon's manager found the deal suspicious and reached out to an actual team member at Meta who told them they don't charge for verifications. Before anyone could call out the swindlers, they completely scrubbed themselves from the internet, including removal of their IG accounts, letting the swindlers walk away with the cash. I hope they send that money to the girls he swindled I absolutely who are still trying to get the money too. back. Because if not, they're just as bad as he is. Yeah, I do too. I agree. But I think that... Also, it's not hard to get verified on Facebook, people. Like, I've been verified for Instagram. Because Instagram oh, is through Meta still. That one is harder. It is, it's super hard. Listen. But if, also, he can get verified. If you are in. If you have press, that's the, the big thing. You can well, get verified. The fact is, he did it. He just spent $6,600 for him and his girlfriend to get verified. And he was swindled. And I'm happy about that. I mean, I tend to feel really bad, but... He's tried to become such a famous guy Mm -hmm. off of literally stealing $330,000 from women who he made fall in love with him Mm -hmm. and then has a manager and a girlfriend like, you got to be more careful, buddy. They're going to play their game on you. All right, coming up, we are discussing Biden's State of the Union speech and how he addressed the LGBTQ community and his plans for it coming up in the next hour. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, uh, we're talking State of the Union Joe Biden addressed the nation and really the world last night. Uh, so we've got a two-part conversation coming up in Red, White, and Q uh, with a, a reporter from the Washington Washington Post. We're talking about Ukraine first and the sort of bipartisan support for the president's message on that, which was really nice to see because it doesn't happen often anymore. Um, and it's good to, to know that we're still giving off a united front, even though there's definitely fighting going on. It's almost like when your family's fighting, other people, you know, can't say anything about your family. You can fight with them, but if somebody else steps in and says something or judges them, you're like, I will bury you. First of all, it's so bad <laughs> because it's it such a toxic trait, at least in Italian families, yep. because we will drag you for filth. Oh, I, all day but long. anybody... Mm-hmm. This is one thing. You know what's so funny? Even as much as I cannot stand my mother, I hate her. If anybody says one thing, I'm like, okay, you don't. We don't need to be doing that. I, I'm, like yep, it's yep. crazy. I hear you, and that's kind of what it was last night. I'm the same way with my sister, and you're my best friend, and you know what you can and can't say. There's, there's still even with a, even my partner knows. Like there's a line you can't quite cross, even yeah. though 
can't stand her. No, I love her, but she, it's a very problematic relationship and it's very toxic. Yeah. So I avoid it, but I still don't let people really talk about her. It's the same situation. It's crazy. And, yeah. yeah. And I do. I do know that. It's like an unspoken thing that I can only say enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you're still loyal to the core when you are have your family members, even though you hate For them. For now. For now. <laughs> but that's all coming up in Red, White, and Q this hour on The Morning Beat. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what's going on around the world? All right, people. The ACLU, its Texas affiliate, Texas affiliate and Lambda Legal have sued to block Texas officials from investigating parents who allow their children access to gender-affirming care prescribed by their doctors and such investigations have already started. Texas Governor Greg Abbott last week directed the state's Department of Family and Protective Services to begin investigating parents in these cases, noting that Attorney General Ken Paxton has issued a legal opinion terming such care child abuse. The move has drawn outrage from parents of transgender children, activists, businesses, and celebrities. Texas legislators last year considered a bill to this effect, but it failed to pass. Some Texas prosecutors have already said they will not bring charges against parents. In the lawsuit filed Tuesday in Travis County Court in Texas, the ACLU and Lamb to represent an employee of DFPS with a trans child, her husband and the teen herself, all of whom are remaining anonymous, referred to as Jane, John and Mary Doe. An investigator has already come to the family's house, according to the suit, and has demanded medical records the family refused to turn over. Uh, that does uh, it does appear to be one of the first families investigated. Oof, okay, alrighty then. In other news, a new study making waves among LGBTQ-focused academics lends uh, credence to the iconic ACT UP co-founder's prideful claims. Not to the supposed sweeping superiority of gay men, rather to the more narrow assertion that this group is remarkably inclined to excel academically. But the paper, which was published in the American Sociological Review on February 20th, comes to starkly opposing conclusions about how growing up gay appears to affect the academic performance of males versus females. Joe Middleman, a University of Notre Dame sociologist and the paper's sole author, found that on an array of academic measures, gay males outperform all other groups on average across all major racial groups. Conversely, he concluded that lesbians perform more poorly in school overall and that black gay women have a much lower college graduation rate than their white counterparts. Middleman's research indicates that this characterization of the educational gender gap is so critically lacking in in specificity. It is, in fact, straight males who tend to be mired in a scholastic morass. Okay, these words, honey, are like serving. Okay, we get it. And the considerable academic progress (laughs) that young women have charted since the advent of second wave feminism has been largely restricted to the heterosexuals among them. Maybe if you do that story again in a couple hours, just tweak some of it, just rewrite it a bit. I liked it. I mean, I appreciated all of the very large words that came out of my mouth like a song. It just, at one point, even I was like, okay, Queen, is the story over? Like, you know, sometimes when you just have to be real with yourself and you're like, are the listeners bored? Are they, are we feeling okay right now? Well, there's your answer. If you're asking the question, you probably know the answer. Listen, I had to stop myself so the listeners didn't tune out. Okay, let's get into (laughs) a little bit of weather. It's going to be high of 81 in LA today, a high of 81 in Vegas, 90 in Palm Springs, 73 in Houston, and 82 in Kansas City. Now give us a vibe of the day. I've got two vibes for you. One, I want to remind you that the President of the United States, Joseph Biden's middle name is Robinette. I just want to remind you of that what? as we prepare for Red, White, and Q here in 10 Joseph's minutes. Joseph's middle name is Robinette? Robinette. Uh, as we Pretty. prepare for Red, White, and Q, it's coming up in 10 minutes. So stick around for that conversation where we've got some audio from the State of the Union address, all the things you need to know if maybe you missed it last night. And here's your other vibe of the day. Okay. At the end of the day, we can endure much more than we think we can as individuals, as queer people, as Americans. Amen. I added, I added the last part. That was me inspiring you. God bless America. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. Welcome back to the morning beat. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. Uh, last night, Joe Biden gave his State of the Union address, and while bipartisanship might might bipartisanship might be uh, like. Eh, meh, Kind of struggling lately. Yeah. Right? It might be on its last breath. 
Uh, it's not dead just yet. We'll call it on life support. How about that? Okay. Uh, and one of those rare moments of bipartisanship last night came when President Biden was addressing um, the nation and talking about the situation in Ukraine. United States Department of Justice is assembling a dedicated task force to go after the crimes of the Russian oligarchs. We're joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We're coming for you, ill-begotten gains. And tonight, I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. Here to help us uh, break down the State of the Union address from the Washington Post is Mariana Alfaro. Thank you, Mariana, for being here. Uh, mm-hmm. That Hi, was thank you for having me. It, it, in in spite of what's going on in Ukraine and how and dire the situation is in Europe right now, it felt mm-hmm. nice for just a moment to see you know America kind of agree on something. Yeah. Uh, what was your takeaway yeah. from that moment last night? Yeah, I. It- I think I just put on display what, uh, you know, Putin's greatest trick has been, uh, which was bringing Republicans and Democrats together um, behind like one shared goal, which is basically we oppose him. Um, and it was it, it's a little surreal. You know, as we mentioned, it's been just division after division. Like bipartisanship is pretty much uh, dead on arrival at NBC now. But, but yesterday, you know, I, I first saw Democrats walking in wearing blue and yellow. And then I saw Republicans, you know, the. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was wearing a nice little yellow and blue handkerchief. Um, you know, everyone was was there with a little flag pin for Ukraine. So that was a very uh, unique moment. And and the moment when they all rose to applaud Biden, saying you know that he was going to push sanctions against Russian oligarchs, that he was going to play close um, airspace uh, to Russian uh, planes. Like that was very much a moment where. I hadn't seen that unity on the Hill in a, in a long, long time. I I totally agree. I think that when he uh, looked into the camera and said, we are united, we stay united, for the first time in maybe four and a half years, it felt like, wow, okay, we're the United States. Yeah, maybe that's possible Okay, again. it's possible yeah. to watch the Republicans and the Democrats, the Democrats come together. Now, they insisted that Putin was not watching, which... Uh, would be very on brand for him. Do you think if he was watching, will this, because it could go two ways, watching all the support behind Ukraine could either really make him upset and he could really push back. As we know, he's gone a little bit harder. There was, what, 40 miles worth yeah, of, of the convoy yeah. going convoy into going. Yeah. Do you think yeah. this can sort of band-aid the situation or do you think that he'll come after now with even more vengeance? I definitely think he might come with more vengeance. I think... It's too, he's in too deep at this point. Um, and I think the, the sign of unity is there. The fact that the U.S. actually, like, it, it is very unfortunate, you know, that it took this uh, for us to see that bipartisanship on display. But I think it's going to take a little bit more push from the U.S., whether it be in sanctions or more like global, you know, bounding together against Putin to, to stop him. I think it's not just the U.S. being united, but it's other powers, um, you know, seeing uh, countries that are still kind of on the edge about where they side on fully turning against him that would take for him to stop. Well, let's talk about this. It's very fascinating to me because Americans historically, at least in recent history, we tend to think that the way that we flex our muscle internationally is through brute force and military. That's it. That's it. Guns, tanks, drones, that's kind of become our M.O. Uh, But Joe Biden's taking a a different approach. He said, again, we're not sending troops to Ukraine. That's not the plan. Um, And these sanctions are very specific and targeted to to Vladimir Putin, uh, to his inner circle, and to the citizens of Russia. He's saying, listen, we're going to isolate them. How significant is that as a policy? um, and, And how do you think that could kind of reinvigorate possibly Joe Biden's presidency as we head into the midterms? Well, I think it is a very um, careful position that he's taken because I think a lot of us are still, a lot of Americans are still reeling from what we saw happen in Afghanistan last year. And and I think he is very aware that those images, that the feeling of sending more troops abroad um, is not something that, uh, you know, not to sound insensitive, but it wouldn't play well here. Um, I don't think it's something that Americans want, either the Democrats or Republicans. So while I do know that some uh, on the GOP want to send more uh, military power outside, um, I think he's being very careful about that. And it's just like a very I mean, I I think it plays well for now that 
there's no need. I mean, the sanctions are slowly but surely they're working. You know, it's the kind of thing that we're going to see an impact on like a while from now, not immediately. Um, so I definitely think that he's being very careful about that. And, you know, the, I think that that feel of American military power um, can be felt when Biden says that he would use troops to defend any NATO country that Putin might be eyeing next. Um, I think that's where you can still feel that, that, that bit of power. Mm. But, you know, for now it's words. And, and you know, there are troops there ready in case anything happens. But but I think that's just like a thing that would be triggered on a very extreme scenario. Well, we want to continue this conversation uh, with you, Mariana. We continue about Biden's State of the Union speech and how our economy mm-hmm. is really being affected. He touched on inflation and we'll discuss how that will affect us coming up next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I am American. American. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q here on The Morning Beat. We're joined again uh, by Mariana Afaro from The Washington Post. Mariana, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to shift gears just a bit and address uh, Joe Biden's address to the nation last night in regards to inflation and the economy. And so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. Be more efficient. Listen. It sounds like he's saying be more efficient. Mariana, what was your takeaway from that? Because people really are genuinely concerned. Inflation is around 7 7.5% right now. That's a big deal as we're coming out of a two-year pandemic. Uh, what was your reaction? I mean, it was clear, you know, I know that Ukraine came first, and that is where um, everyone is focusing on right now. But, you know, that is, you know, Biden's most immediate political problem is inflation. And you could tell because he immediately jumped to this and and. There was that moment where, you know, the chamber broke into the USA, USA chance when when he mentioned American manufacturing. You know, he was like, we got to do these chips here. We got to build these cars here. You can feel the, the tension in the Democratic Party because they're fully aware that this is kind of what could cost them the midterms. Mm. Um, so, yes, I think that was the, the pressure there. And I feel like, you know, if this hadn't happened in Ukraine, if Putin had it had kept it together, I think it would have we would have heard way more about the economy last night. Well, you know, I'll just speak for myself. This year, um, I made like more money than I really kind of ever have in a very, very long time. And uh, and I'm really grateful for that. My partner, on the other hand, did it. And my partner's always like been the breadwinner, still is, but her money's just different. And I think that unfortunately it means nothing because everything is so expensive. We talk about this a lot, mm-hmm. but like for people that got raises, 3% raises, let's say with 7% infl- inflation, people are losing so much money. And although Joe mm-hmm. Biden is saying what he's saying at the end of the day, I think the American people, women and, and men who have children who have actual houses to sup- like families to support what is the quick solution? Because people are running out of money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, you know, it's good that you point that out because, um, you know, he, he's going really hard on this, like, you know, domestic manufacturing can lift us away from this. Like this, I'm a capitalist. Like if we do this, this is how it's going to happen. But those are very long-term measures, you know, like get, bringing back all these factories to the U.S. is going to take forever to have an impact on our day-to-day life. Um, so I was impressed that the one thing I didn't hear last night was build back better. He never mentioned his social spending program, you know, the kind of thing that while we wait for these long-term measures to take effect, kind of relieves American families, you know, like sending money to parents, sending money to to people who like need an extra little boost because of A, B or C reason. Um, And and the build back better plan is just very much clear that it it is, you know, this is Biden's signature package. And I think it's clear that it's going nowhere in Congress. So I think that's, that's why we heard no mentions of it, but we heard so many mentions of like, the longer term plan of like domestic manufacturing, uh, which again, you know, my, my reporter, my, my colleagues have reported before that presidents have long said 
you know, we got to rebuild domestic manufacturing to little effect. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, to your point, you, you, you can have these grand plans for America and what happens mm-hmm. oftentimes. And if you're a Democrat, you're going to argue that the Democrats always get the short end of the stick, right? That the these long term, you know, uh, things that are that are that are put in place to help our economy, sometimes you don't see the effect till years later. And by that point, somebody else might be in office from a different party. And yeah. what, what in your what's your take on this? Because Build Back Better is kind of dead in the water. But there are parts mm-hmm. of it that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema can get on board with um, that could really mm-hmm. help the American people. What do you think, you know, moving forward are the are the quick fixes that Joe Biden and and, and the Democrats can put into place to help Americans before the midterm elections in 2022? Yes. So, you know, there's definitely the the child tax credit, which is what um, Biden is still pushing for. He like, like specifically said that during last night's address. He was like, we need to get this done because I think that there's a lot of um, research and evidence already how much that helped, you know, the the checks that we received in the pandemic, but also just like these credits, that were momentarily there, how much it helped pull children out of poverty across the country. Um, and it was very notable that, you know, all Democrats stood up for that except Manchin. I, I, I want to say cinema. I, I did not. I did not have my eyes on her, but notably Manchin did not. Mm. So I think it's still going to be a bit of an uphill battle for all these like smaller pieces of Build Back Better um, to, to get Manchin on their side. Um, again, so this is really hinging on, on, on the midterms. You know, you got to fix it. Um, with the midterms, but it also could cost the Democrats the midterms. So it's it's a bit of a little weird place we're in right now. Can I just can I just share a thought? <laughs> just because I, I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet, and maybe you could give your expert take on this. <laughs> Um, student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, by and large, the communities that support Joe Biden and Democrats, young people, people of color, uh, women of color in particular, uh, the sort of the mm-hmm. the backbone of the of the Democratic Party today as we know it uh, so many could benefit from student loan forgiveness it is drowning our, our an entire generation of people in debt i'm a professional i've had a very successful career i still have a lot of student loans that i still pay on every single month and that just drives me crazy is it something that you think he's going to tackle because it feels like his team keeps keeping the door open and and extending yeah. extending support for those who who have student loans but do you think even maybe before the 20s, because if I'm if I'm a strategist, mm-hmm. I say Democrats, Joe Biden, right before the midterms, a month or two in advance, yeah. you announce student loan forgiveness and you've got an entire voting block for the next 20, 30 years in my calculation. Yeah. Is it that simple? And is it something that we could see happen before the midterms? So that's the thing. And you, and you said it right there as a strategist, that it could be that thing that comes as a surprise just to like push the base. But again, it, student loan forgiveness did not come up at all yesterday. And that was another thing that we noted because, you know, again, he mentioned the child tax credit. He mentioned raising the minimum wage, all these like more progressive ideas. But student loan forgiveness, which has not only the support of like, you know, very liberal Democrats, not only like, um, you know, AOC and, and Bernie, but like many more. In the, and even like Chuck Schumer has been pressuring the president to pass this. That was not on the agenda yesterday. Mm. Um, so, again, you know, they keep the door open, but like you can barely see the door of the White House. Like they, they still they say they're continuing to explore their options for canceling it. But at the same time, I think it's that like an ace under their sleeve, maybe if we want to be optimistic. Um, but it also does look like there's just too much to deal with right now and they're not really considering it as an option. But I do think that worse comes to worse, like that's the trick they could pull hmm. um, to get those votes out in 2020. I'd, in the I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I'm just saying. I I would so love many it. people would. It would relieve so many. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. And um, no problem. it was so important and uh, we appreciate you. Please call back Mariana Alfaro. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, coming up in What's Poppin', find out why Jane Lynch thinks Glee couldn't actually be made today and if she thinks a remake should even happen coming up. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. One of my favorite actors is talking about one of my favorite series of all time, and it's our What's Poppin' for the hour. Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, honey, well, Jane Lynch is saying that she actually doesn't think that a remake should be made and doesn't even think the show would do well if it were out today. She says uh, it would probably be deemed too offensive to make on air. She said, I think there would have been people out there who would have wanted to cancel Sue Sylvester. I don't know that we could have done that show today. It was like... 
We started that 10 years ago. And it's true. But is she saying something? Like, have we legitimately just canceled and found offense in everything? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love, love Glee her was character. amazing. Glee, and Sue was amazing. Glee took place 20, 30 minutes from where I grew up fictionally in Lima, Ohio. I grew up in Lima. Like, our, the schools we competed against in sports were all from Lima. Yeah. Right? So that was where we'd go to the mall. It was like where, it was like the closest city sort of to where I grew up. And her depiction, while it might seem offensive to people, is very, very, very true to that part of the country. I grew up there, I know. And she says that oftentimes that she she based her depiction of Sue Sylvester on Michelle Bachman, the Tea Party wow. Republican kind of crazy Looney Tune woman uh, who was kind of, she was like the Marjorie Taylor Greene of that era, like a kind of Sarah Palin kind of in that realm. Right. And listen, the stuff she said and did was offensive. She said my character would totally be a, a MAGA supporter today. And we can avoid creating content like that, but also... Why? It represents half the country. I guess that's my confusion, too. Like, at what point do we not find characters offensive? They're characters. Mm -hmm. They're telling a story. Whether you agree or not, that story is someone's experience that someone's dealing with. Do you know how boring it would be to watch just a whole bunch of liberal, progressive, woke people have conversations on on, TV shows and and film? And not to be offensive and put people's lives at risk. I'm not saying that, but like... She represents people that exist in the real world. Totally, And also, you know, I think that they would have found offense that I I love this actor. We had him on the show who's not actually um, debilitated to a wheelchair. He, um, oh, Kevin McHale. Yes. I feel like well, he would have gotten canceled. Nowadays, he would Nowadays. Because that but, conversation was starting by the time that show went off the air. Totally. And I just, I feel like, I think that everyone has to have the opportunity to get into the room, but canceling everything we're not gonna have anything left i hear creating opportunities i hear that i and i absolutely support it but that doesn't also mean that i think every single queer character should play be played by a queer person i don't think that every single person who like in his instance was in a wheelchair needs to necessarily always be played by somebody who has a disability i don't think that needs to always be the case i think if we're more mindful of it and do better then it frees up space to allow people to act Again. Yeah, totally. And to play characters. Totally. Yeah. All right, coming up in our next hour, what do you do if you have found yourself falling in love with a coworker or somebody that you work closely with? How do you have that conversation? AJ, this is literally not Stop about Stop trying you. to sleep with me, I Michaela. <laughs> Be morning. Be. Be. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for another round of news on the beat. Do want to remind you that coming up this hour on the show, we have a fantastic hour planned for you. Um, We're getting advice uh, on how to turn off alarms when they go off in the studio. I don't care. Let it run. It's been a hot morning. Uh, (laughs) What happens when you fall in love with a coworker? We're not having this conversation for any reason other than the fact that Michaela Gordon has been trying to sleep with me for two <laughs> years God, since we've been so working together. She's in love with me. Annoying. She loves my athleisure. She loves my COVID body. Uh, I did find myself petting you today, though, because those pants are so soft. I went to like touch you to tell you something, and then I was like, God, these and pants are really soft. While she was doing that, I was looking up the email address to HR. Um, I hear we have one. I don't know where they are. It's Maybe they're in the cloud somewhere, but... Um, yeah, so we're going to have a, a very frank conversation that could be our very last. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's going to get very stern. <laughs> also, we're going to be Psycho. recapping the Queerties. Uh, the Queerty Awards were last night uh, in Hollywood, and they were sort of iconic. Every name, uh, so many big names showed up, and we have some fun stories of our own that we're going to share with you. Um, it was fun to be back out in the real world. It was so good to be out in the real world. My fiance at one point looked at me and said, I miss, I miss our people. I miss just being surrounded by our people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's so much power in our mm. community. There really so is. So much beauty. And we're going to share our highlights a little bit later on this hour. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela, take it away. All right, people. President Joe Biden showed his support for women in the LGBTQ community during this State of the Union address. Biden said the onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans are simply wrong. Let's take a listen. For our LGBTQ plus Americans... Let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president 
so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Come on, Joe Biden. Come on, Joe Biden. All right, well, the Equality Act, which would ban anti-LGBTQ discrimination nationwide in employment, housing, public accommodations, and more, has been passed by the U.S. House of Representatives in two consecutive sessions of Congress, as that chamber has a Democratic majority. However, it has not come to a vote in the Senate. That chamber has a 50-50 split between Democrats, including two independents allied with them, and Republicans, but it would take 60 votes to overcome a filibuster that is end debate on the bill and move to an actual vote. This barrier to the Equality Act and other progressive legislation, including voting rights, has led to calls to scrap or reform the filibuster. Just wrap your brain around that one. I get so frustrated, especially people from back home. They talk to me about like, well, it's it's it's, it's Republicans. You always say that we're all like anti-gay or racist and all these things. I'm like, well, if you vote for candidates and politicians that are those things, then you, by definition, are supporting those things. So what other conclusion can I draw? And if you listen, I, I know that it sounds like it's a big number. But 60 means all the Democrats and 10 Republicans. You're telling me there are 10, there are not 10 elected Republicans in the entire Senate who can support equality for queer people. Try to wrap your brain around that for a moment. That's wild. Wild. It's wild. Mm. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 79 in Miami today, 81 in LA, a high of 81 in Vegas, 90 in Palm Springs, and 73 in Houston. Now, give us a vibe of the day, please. At the end of the day, we can endure so much more than we think we can. Yes, we can. I love that. The world's weird right now. We get it. Hang in there. You're loved. Yeah, it's going to be okay, babe. All right, coming up, uh, imagine you falling in love with a coworker or somebody that you have to see every single day. Hmm. What do you do and how do you have that conversation? We've got some advice coming up next. Shut up, AJ. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Have you ever caught feelings for a coworker and then found yourself in an uncomfortable position? Uh, maybe you're single and don't know how to address it. Maybe you're in a relationship and you feel guilty because you spend a lot of time with your coworker. Um, I I was once in a working situation where my coworker wanted to sleep with me, and it was so uncomfortable. And um, I'm actually still in the situation very much. Because the coworker is oh McKay Gordon. Oh my God! You're s- I um, know this joke every day, me. and I still didn't know She's it was me. <laughs> in love with me, and I can't seem to shake her. So, my producer and I concocted a plan to start to have more stories you're to talk psychotic. about live on the air, so we can get Michaela to understand that I'm not available and I'm very much a gay man, <laughs> and that she needs to go home to her Lisa and just leave me alone. <laughs> me, and, me and Daddy Lisa. I kid. Listen, I kid. There is nothing truly, truly that I would not do for you. You're my best friend. I love you unconditionally. We've really been through it. We have fought it out. I love you and have all the love for you, literally, and to me, whatever you need. Um, But in this situation, this has got to be awkward. This is very awkward. Imagine, Um, because you know what? Because here's the truth. I think when you spend some time with the same sex, if you are a part of the community, or the opposite sex, if if you're heterosexual. The the, the sex that you're attracted to. Yeah, that you're attracted to. I think it's almost inevitable not to catch some sort of feelings with a person that well, you spend yeah. four to eight hours with a yeah. day or you're in a band with. I love with. how you just said four to eight hours like you think anybody else in the world works four-hour work days like us. Well, no, <laughs> I, I know. Mean, I hear you. I you know hear you. I'm saying? Like, even like, because I'm, I'm saying even like in shows, in, of in course. bands. Yes, I gigs. think it's oftentimes why we see co- um, Co-stars. Co-stars Angelina start Jolie and Bra- Yeah. That's why, how on earth does Brad Pitt ever leave Jennifer Aniston? Well, it's because he's working in close proximity with... Angelina Jolie for six months. And because you have so much time, you're sharing intimate things you would yes. never share well, okay, with. Okay, so, so let's set the table for this conversation. Okay. And the reason we're having this conversation is this man wrote into this, uh, to this uh, sort of like a Dear Abby uh, uh, column asking for advice, saying, I have been in a relationship for 10 years. And for more than three years, though, uh, this woman at work has become my closest friend. We confide in each other about our relationship. She tells me personal, intimate details and struggles that she's having in hers. And I do the same. And we're together for eight hours a day, so it's naturally sort of evolved. And now we're so close that we even talk on the weekends. And oh god, taking it so far as to say, I even think about her when I have sex with my partner, and I I know that she doesn't want to be with me like that. That she would never leave her partner for me because she's also in a relationship. Uh, but I can't stop fantasizing about it. And also, she's much younger than I am. So this guy is really saying, "What do I do?" 
Like, how do you, you can't just quit your job, but it's also really difficult to quit emotions. (laughs) Okay, so I've been in this position quite a few times. I'm a very flirty person and I'm an open book, which opens me up to giving uh, personal details that then people share with me. And then when they share them with me, they feel like we have some sort of bond when really I just do that with everybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Not Mm -hmm. that I'm so great. I'm trying to set the scene here. I have found that boundaries are just so important and that you there are some things you cannot share with the same sex or the sex that you're attracted to. Don't embarrass your wife or husband. Don't tell like the ins and outs of your relationship. And if it goes that far, tell your wife or your husband what's going on. Yeah, that part. You have like, to. All he can do now is go to his wife and say, I'm in a mess. I love you so much and this has happened and I don't know what to do. It's so scary for and people. I, and because listen, also it had some had Lisa had the situation happen to her and she came to me even two years ago and was very honest and kind and loving. Mm. I would have kicked her out. I would have broken up with her. I would have not been able to handle it. Yeah. In my therapy mind, I'm like, oh my God, that's so woke and brave and honest and I love it. But God, you got to like meet people where they're at. Because you never know. Here's the thing. Until you have real open, honest conversations in relationships, she might also be having similar feelings. She might have a friend, a male friend or a female friend. Who knows that she is maybe talking to and doesn't want to share with you because she's afraid. And my partner, Emil, and I talk about this often, and and one of the things that got us to where we are now, where we're able to work together, we have a podcast together, and we're, we're in close proximity literally all the time. Because a few years ago, we'd been together for a few years, and I was still, I had some barriers and some walls up. My dad's been married four times. I've been cheating on in past relationships. I just wasn't that trusting. And he's nine years younger than me, so I was like, at some point, I'm, I'm the first person he's ever gone on a date with. So I was like, at some point, you're going to want to go sleep around. I did it. You're a gay man. You're going to want to do it. That was kind of what my mindset was. And so I was kind of holding back just to protect myself. And one day, we literally stripped naked and sat next to each other on our bed and had a just raw, vulnerable conversation with each other about hopes, fears, desires, kinks, made some admissions to each other, and it's maybe a little bit uncomfortable to go through at the moment, but I've never been more in love with him in my entire life as I was the moment after that. And from that point forward, mm. our relationship has been so beautiful. Yeah. It's hard to have those conversations, though, but if you want the relationship to last and and you don't want to destroy somebody's you know soul, you got to be honest. Yeah. Also, some really great advice is if you're afraid to do it, uh, involve a therapist. Yeah. In the very beginning of our couple's therapy... I would literally hold on to things that I wanted to tell or talk about with Lisa until my therapist was there so that my therapist Mm -hmm. could really, really communicate what it is I was trying to say and how she was hearing it. Because also sometimes we just have communication issues. It really depends on how you say something. You don't want your wife to feel rejected and leave the conversation being like, oh, my husband hates me and doesn't want to be with me. Of course. When he's trying to be honest and deep in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Also, just another bit of advice is maybe, uh, so I have this pair of sweatpants that I wear sometimes times at leisure and oh every time God. I wear them uh, Michaela she squeezes my tush she gives me a little pinch can't you squeeze your tush and, and I, I consent to it it's okay <laughs> but also like I just know that my butt looks really good in them so maybe just don't wear things that are really going to attract <laughs> your co-workers um, because it's probably your fault if, if they're hurting <laughs> flirting you with you and hitting on you you annoying human being listen Michaela back off Lisa come get your woman <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela Channel Q Last night was the Queerties, the 2022 10th anniversary of, anniversary edition of the Queerties. That was the first time they've held the show in two years. And it was also the first time we'd gone to a major event like this in a couple of years. Uh, and this was actually our last event together two years ago. Oh, my God. It's so last crazy. night was like a whole moment for us. Last night was so fun. And you know what? It was the perfect amount of time. Like, we didn't overstay. Mm. We went in this time with boundaries. Like, no, we have to go. But to see everybody, I felt like, one, I actually was a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. And I think that was sort of the collective. But what was interesting this time, um, and you'll understand this, is that a lot of the celebrities um, now are all from TikTok. Yeah. Lisa loves TikTok. And she I know, pointed she met, out. She met somebody with the long hair. I, she freaked oh, out and I didn't know who it was. My God, Lisa's so cute. So Lisa doesn't fangirl over anybody. And she goes, Michaela, I love him. 
That's Henry. And I was like, I, know, I was like, who is it? Is it like Diplo? Is it some fa- no, famous Henry. DJ I'm not recognizing? Who's, who is this? No. So I went over there and I said, hi, my girlfriend loves you and I want you to say hello to her. And he was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Thank you. And Lisa was like, thank you. Like Lisa was like not acting normal and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. But it's so interesting to see how things have shifted so much and how the people, how it used to be just very drag queen central and it still is. There to were, be Monique fair. Hart hosted last night. So uh, there were still plenty of drag queens there. There was a a lot of influencers now from TikTok, and, and it was just great. I feel like everyone was just so happy to be there. It was a fantastic night. I mean, so many queer icons were there. We met Willem, which we're so excited about because they're going to be on our podcast, Confess Your Mess, coming up soon. Also, Ian Padgett coming on our podcast, I never met before. Uh, so TikToker cute. and so adorable. Also wore mesh last night, as did my partner. Uh, so they really bonded over that. Laith Ashley was there and looking iconic. The old gays. The old gays are coming on our show. I know. They're adorable. They won last night. I Let me tell you something. And I it was just the one moment where I was like, I felt like so special. He, One of the old gays was standing on top of the platform doing their photos. And he looked over at me and he like gave me this weird face. And he came down and he said, are you a singer? And I was like, yes. And he goes, you're all grown up. I love doing American <laughs> Idol. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. And I, and I said, probably, he, he's like, I voted for you. I was like, yeah, probably back in his 60s. Yeah. Because that's how old they are. They're so yeah. sweet and so adorable. They did win last night. Their speeches were so adorable and just very thoughtful. But, um, it was all held at Eden, uh, which, which is, is a so really I've never super been. sexy event space in Hollywood on but Sunset I do, Boulevard. I want to say something. I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but I want to make sure we make time for this. Um, I'm very proud of you. You showed up yesterday. You looked so beautiful and so did Emil. Oh, God. But you did something that actually I didn't. I didn't even think it was going to be such a big deal for you, Listen, but it it really was, and I, I kind of want you to explain it. I was excited to walk a red carpet again and do press with my partner, and it was, it, was a, it was a big moment, and we're a little bit introverted, so we get a little bit nervous about doing some of these things, even though we have these careers that seem very, very public. We're very private, and um, I knew that Michaela J. Rodriguez was going to be honored, uh, formerly MJ Rodriguez, so she's now the most famous Michaela I know, um, and so we knew like there were going to be some heavy hitters here, right? But I was looking for an accessory to go with my look, and I was wearing all black and white, and nothing was really working. And I was like, I want to get my nails done. Like, I've always wanted to get my nails painted. I've never, ever done it. I'm 41 years old, and I got a manicure, and I asked for black nail polish. And while I did it, I was Googling all these articles about men wearing black nail polish, and if it's okay. In my mind, two things were taught to me growing up, and this is toxic masculinity at its finest. I was taught that, uh, like... Only women wear it. If you're a man, you're like like a gay man and the worst kind, like a femme gay man, which was like the worst thing you could be, right? And then the other thing was it's goth. Black means goth. Yeah. My little brother wore them black nails in high school, and he was very gothic. So it, it, I equated it with like, oh, you're really dark and moody, or you're going to like shoot up a school. Yeah. Like that's what I thought in the 90s. Yeah. And I got, and my heart was racing. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a pretty courageous person. I've done some pretty bold, like wild things. Uh, I, I can, I've hosted live red carpets in front of 11 million people globally at the same time. Like, right? Like, I don't get nervous about stuff like that. My heart was racing getting my nails painted. And I thought, why? Like, why? I was afraid that somebody would judge me, that my partner would say something. And I see, like, the, the, the fiercest queens all over the place when we go to these events. My, my partner wore high heels to the We're Here premiere and, like, lived his best life, and I loved it. But for me, nail polish? But you know what's so funny? You will, um, and it's like a human thing, will be like, oh, my God, yes, I love how they're living so authentically. Oh, my God, yes, I love that for them. I love that for them. And then when it's time to do something that maybe you've always wanted mm-hmm. to do, it is scary. You're like, oh, I can't do that. I, I can't. And although it, a manicure to so many, and even to me, I'm like, I get manicures all the time. Like, of course, to some people, you're like, yeah, no, okay, what's the big deal? But it it meant so much more than just a manicure. Yeah, it reminded me. It was me, yeah. so important yeah. that you, for your little boy in Salina, Ohio, yeah. went to the nail salon, yep. got your nails painted to walk a carpet, just really living authentically. Well, I want, and, it, it, it reminded me that I need to get uncomfortable more often. That if something like that somehow, I don't know how, and I think maybe maybe men in their 40s, 50s, 60s can can relate to this. You hit a certain age, and, and, and people in general, you hit a certain age, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, when did I stop taking chances? When did I stop like 
putting myself in, in, in different situations and surrounding myself with people who excite me, who are different from me, who think and look differently than me, when did I stop doing that? And I think part of it's pandemic. I've been at home with my fiance and my dog for two years. But part of it is I just kind of settled into my patterns and my routines and the way that I dress and the way that I present myself. And it's just been that way for so many years that I was like, I need to, in 2022, challenge myself some more. I love that. You know, I think it's really great. You looked gorgeous. You looked gorgeous. Amelia looked gorgeous. Thank you. Well, you know, it's funny. Even I had a moment where the outfit that I had on is very euphoria. And I looked at Lisa and I said, can I do this? And she was like, oh, Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I think... You were, wearing, yeah, you were wearing about as much clothing as my fiance, and you looked great. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> but congratulations to all the winners, truly. Uh, we were so happy to be the Queerties. It felt so good to do be Do you have back. pictures of yourself from last night? Did you get yeah. pictures? Yeah. So we should, what we'll do is we'll put them on our, our Instagram, We're Channel Q, uh, our, our highlights from last night. We'll post our photos so you can see what we're talking about. So cute. I love that. All right, coming up in What's Poppin', find out what celebrity is ripping gay themes and power of the dog called it a piece of crap. We'll discuss what's happening. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's time for another round of dragging old celebrities. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? Why do I stay so annoyed? Uh, Okay, so Sam Elliott, who I actually didn't even know, um, but he is an icon to Western films, 77 years old. You know, a star is born. Sam Elliott, uh, Bradley Cooper's like, was it his brother or manager or brother? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was the guy with the mustache, the, okay, the white mustache. Okay, okay. Yeah. Of course, Lady Gaga saves the day again. Of course, there it is. Uh, and that's the whole story. No, he was on a podcast recently and he started dragging the film so badly. Power of uh, the power Dog. Power of yeah. the Dog. The gays are living for this, by the way. I keep yeah. seeing people post about this film. I haven't well, seen listen, it yet. Well, listen, The Power of the Dog, everyone is gagging for it. And it's doing very well. It's 12-time Oscar-nominated drama. Um, but he said uh, that it was doing all of these things that were just horrible. Let's take a listen, and then we'll discuss. Like, what are those? What are all those dancers, those guys in, in New York that wear bow ties and not much else? Uh-huh. Remember them from back in the day? Oh, the Chippendales? Yeah. Yeah. That's what all these f***ing cowboys in that movie looked like. Uh-huh. They're all running around in shaps and no shirts. There's all these illusions of homosexuality yeah. Yeah. throughout the f***ing movie. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. <laughs> okay, so everyone's kind of dragging him. And I think it's so funny that the homosexuality part, like, really made him upset. Because no matter what the storyline is, there's gay everything. Like, every gay person is a something. And social media went ahead and dragged him immediately. This is my favorite comment. Someone said, I like Sam Elliott, but someone probably needs to remind him he's an actor from Sacramento who lives in Malibu, not an actual cowboy. That, that part, well, people like, know get off from, your high horse, yeah, Sam. He's sort of iconic from Tombstone, which is it's in some, you know, a lot of people think it's the greatest uh, cowboy film ever made, Tombstone, right? So he's kind of established himself as like that guy, a rough and tumble cowboy type. But guess what? My favorite cowboy film of all time is Brokeback Mountain. So there's all types. But also the way that he's so upset. Yeah. uh, He said that there were only two chaps in the movie. And uh, he, he, the actor, uh, Cumberbatch. um, Benedict Cumberbatch. 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 Cumberbund is what you wear. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking of that. Uh, That he never came in on a horse. He walked himself in. Like the things that he was actually adamantly mad about made me feel like maybe it brought up some sexual feelings for him because he kept talking about the chaps. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even being shady. Like, whatever. Listen, that generation, honey, they've repressed so much. I'm not saying that he is or isn't anything other than what he says he is. However... But that's also what this movie is about. There's a reason, yeah. This particular movie is about a gay rancher who's closeted and is abusive to his sister-in-law and her son. Like, (laughs) that is what it's about. And you are showing... Uh, what like being in the closet looks like as a cowboy? You're like, showing your ass. Yeah, you're showing it. You're showing it, honey. Yeah, but that's what that's what chaps do. Yeah. So. Ooh. <laughs> Wait. Do you remember when I wore chaps to um dinosaur? It was the hottest outfit I ever wore. Mm-hmm. I know you wouldn't have been there. Of course, this found its way back to Michaela somehow. And it always will. Tell me something good. 
I'll tell you something good. We're going to honor an LGBTQ leader for Women's History Month, and we're going to start off with Deborah Batts. Uh, she was the nation's first openly gay federal judge. She served as assistant U.S. attorney in New York and was a professor at Fordham Law School before she was nominated for the uh, Southern District of New York seat. Following the recommendation of Senator Patrick Moynihan, her confirmation in 1994 made her the first openly gay lesbian federal judge, not to mention the first African-American lesbian judge. While she never stressed her sexuality, she understood that she was a role model for many. In a uh, 2019 interview, when asked about her thoughts on being a role model, she said, quote, You can certainly be a mentor, someone who encourages people who think they can't do it, they can do it. Doesn't see herself as a role model, but very much so... Uh, uh, was and is a role model, and this is so fantastic. I uh, just thought we'd highlight this strong woman during Women's History Month. Absolutely, and now I want to highlight a strong man. Uh, chef Jose Andres, a Spanish-American chef uh, and philanthropist, has set up mobile kitchens to provide hot meals for Ukrainians fleeing the Russian invasion. Let's take a listen to his audio. Again, it's no more of allowing people that they think they are the top of the world, that they are bad people bringing the wars out of humanity. We need to be a force of good. And you know how we do this? By believing in longer tables, not to start bombing. Food at the center of the communities. That's the way we will create a better world. It's so powerful mm. what he's doing. He also is on the ground in Poland with his not, uh, not-for-profit organization, World Central Kitchen, added that he's committing support from the $100 million that Jeff Bezos' grant he won in 2021 for his humanitarian work. Well, he was feeding so many people during the pandemic. Yes. And that's why Jeff Bezos is like, I want to support this. I mean, thank God. And also, I, I feel like this is something that's often forgot. Like, how many times do you have a hot meal a day mm-hmm. and you take it for granted? And now people that are trying to flee wants just a meal, a delicious meal. They need the nutrition. The babies need the nutrition. And I, I think he's incredible. I think what he's doing is so special. He works so hard. And I, I love this story. To go to the Polish-Ukrainian border... And to do the, this, he served over 8,000 meals as of yesterday, so probably well over 10,000 by now. This is a five-star, like, top-level chef. He's one of the most successful chefs in the entire world. Yeah. Like, it's just so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and I love it, and I'm so happy that uh, that we get to tell these stories. And highlight so this, important. yeah. Uh, well, that is it for our show today. Thank you, as always, for listening. We have a great show for you for the rest of this week. Also, to the Queerties, congratulations again on such a successful night. I had so much fun with you. Yes, Monique Hart hosted last night. She was she was fierce. And there was some, so some, fierce. Uh, and also, Amy Schneider. Amy, Amy Schneider, Schneider coming from Jeopardy iconic. to kind of give that speech, like gave me chills, but uh, such a great night. It was such I'm a great night a for our community. Also tomorrow for Therapy Thursday, how do we navigate our feelings when we see people who seem to benefit from social media when they post about the war and other conflicts? It's very interesting, a conversation we want to have. But for now, enjoy three hours of really great music for you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 